Hello, hello. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode of HR Learn In podcast. This is your co-host, Fahad Khalaf, the co-founder of HR Learn In. Of course, join with me with my fellow co-host and co-founder of HR Learn In, Brad Poison. Hey, Fahad. How are you doing today? Good, good. Very well. How are you today? How is everything going on? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, no, it's all good. All good. Today, I'm very, very happy to discuss a very important topic that I was emphasizing about it for quite some time, and that is, what is the point of training? And, and, and it's a very topic, and obviously, I would love to have, or everyone would love to have your point of view about this amazing topic. So, the topic that today we will be talking about is uh, in a reference of one of the leading research articles has has been already published by gardens about the training mm-hmm. it is it is called stop training employees and skills that they will never use and i would love to have your point of view on these and this topic only after this break coming back wow i learned a lot as a mentor say make us think um that they said it was rather than because you're in the webinars that, that way you spread What's really interesting? When we started this program. The tagline for this was "Tune in." Okay, guys, we are back. Brad, your thoughts about it? When you saw the article, yeah. when you saw the article, These are, well, one, it's the type of article that always gets my attention because it's you know it's like one of those trends in our in our space, Fahad, where we're looking at the world of work and HR and and people and training and learning. And Gardner is a very respected organization. So, um, uh, but you know, the, the word that I often start with is even the word skills. You know, it's such a it's a loaded term. You know, and I I I still on this topic. I think back to that. Uh, I think I probably saw it in the LinkedIn news feed many years ago, where someone sort of used the quote. You know, and it's it's fairly common. I'm sure you've seen it, and listeners will have seen it before too. Is you know. There's this attitude that you know, if what do we what do we do if we train people, they could leave. It's like a waste of money. And the counter argument is, well, what if we don't train them and they stay? And I just love the juxtaposition of that concept because for so long, you know, investing in people and training has sort of been seen as an expense, and often the finance and accounting side looks at it as almost a, a junket, if you know that expression. It's kind of like. A, a reward for something and it's not really beneficial to the organization and we've for better or worse and I definitely think for better we're we're evolving into a workforce and a work world where organizations do realize that um, the majority of the organization's productivity comes from people and if you are not investing in those people that means that you're not investing in the productivity of the organization and it's it's a it's still a hotly debated topic but coming back to this idea of skills you know it's uh you know what is a skill i mean what do you think of Fahad? when you someone says to you you know the word skill what does that even mean you know we use these words all the time what does it mean to you uh for me it's a very great question by the way um a lot of people, first of all, they mix up between skills and behavior and competencies. And sure. you know, when you start mixing up all this stuff, trust me, you're not going to have a proper ROI out of it. But, but for me, skills is basically the how, not the what. Now, you could train people mm-hmm. on customer service. You could train people on, on, on HR. 
But obviously for you to utilize these skills and modeling, I could say, you need to have certain skills. Now, uh, you, you can't, how to do it is through soft skills or some kind of advanced soft skills. There's a soft skills, there's a hard skills. Now, for me, skills is the basically how. And this is, this is the beauty of it. The how differs from someone to other based on, on their experience, based on their knowledge, based on their surrounding and so on. So, yeah, I think skills for me is the how. And here, what differentiates someone from other one? Yeah, it's, I love that too. I often anchor skills on how, and, and sometimes for people that almost feels a bit too philosophical, but you know, if we're going to have discussions, constructive discussions about things, it's, especially if you're measuring or trying to improve, you need to make sure that you're speaking the same language. And I couldn't agree with you more, you know, as to how, and one of the things that I also anchor on is, you know, skills are something that can be learned, you know, so you can learn the how. I can't learn how to be taller. You know, I can't, if, if, there's some, if I can't do something about it, then there's no how to the person. And so when we get into the idea of the how and the skill, you know, and, and as what you and I do, you know, the, if you couldn't have influence on the how, then you shouldn't be doing it in the first place. And that's a, an important starting point. No, I totally agree with that. And, and I think uh, one of the main things, first of all, people don't differentiate between the skills, behavior, and competencies. That's a big point. The second mm-hmm. point is people don't know what to include within the skill sets of a particular role or a jobs. And, and mm-hmm. this, well, this is what happened. Uh, and I think majority of people, and based on the article, of course, from Garden, is, is around 10% of uh, 10% of training or jobs basically it need an additional training every year beside which means around 30% of uh, of training will be irrelevant for in the next 3 years which which seems fine but i don't know do you agree on on that statement somehow what do you think about it well, it's an aggressive statement, you know, if you think about it, 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 you know, if you say to anyone, you know, in a very specific way, 10% of what you know today, you know, it, it, you don't necessarily need a year from now and or you better learn 10% of your, your knowledge base over the next year to keep developing. Um, I guess where I would start is it, you know, in some sense, it really depends on the type of work. There's a wide range of work from very you know, physical manual labor that works with tools to creative labor, innovation, um, knowledge work. So I'm not sure that the statistic itself applies universally to all types of work, but I, I, I believe in the principle, you know, in, in that, you know, I, I forget who said it and I, I have a name in my mind, but I don't want to give an attribution in case I'm wrong, is that, you know, the learning curve is the earning curve. And, you know, you and I, we did a session of HR Learning earlier this year with Professor Klaus from the U.S. And, and she's a real advocate of that, too, is, is this idea that it doesn't matter how old you are, what level you're at. If, if, you're, if you're not growing, you're dying, you know. And so there's that principle isn't really new to today, 2020. But I would suggest that it's because people are working longer, living longer, and work changes faster you know and i'm i'm not a you know a conspiracy type of person or i get caught up in waves of, of you know uh but i do believe that the general principle of 
um, continuous improvement applies to all of us. And if someone's smart in their own individual goals, they, they put more effort into it and they don't just simply wait. So coming back to this idea of organizations and training and skill, I think one of the, again, another universal principle that I think better organizations and better people are applying to themselves is don't wait for your organization to send you on a course. You need to take ownership of your own personal development and an element of that is skills. Uh, I totally agree with that. And, and I think it was almost the same idea that I totally agree with the principle and concept of the statement. But yeah. I'm not sure about uh, the percentage because, as you mentioned, differs from an industry to industry, role to a role. But this is part of, by the way, this is part of life because even if, if you have a kid, for example, the skills and the behavior that you deal with three years old, obviously, you need to change it whenever the kid is uh, in fourth grade or fifth grade or sixth grade. That's, that's by default. And obviously, for you to co-op with, with the life changes, from a business perspective and HR perspective, we always need to develop. And, and this is one of the reasons I think it's, it's very, for me, it makes sense. Now, regardless of the percentage, I don't know about it, but I, there is a big difference between being stable in performance and sustainable in performance. And, and what, yeah, yeah. People, what people don't understand, a stable is like a flat line. Sustainable is like growing. It's basically like an airplane starting to take off with 5% every year, 10%, 5%. So in long term, you will see a growth of 50% or maybe 100%. And, and, and the dangers of being stable uh, with all the, the, the cost of living or the, all the challenging, so you will have a pressure upside on, on this and this line, it will take you down. So the only way to survive in this life as an HR, as an individual, as, as a family, as a community, and as economy, as whatever, is being sustainable. Sustainable being not stable, stable flat line. It's basically having uh, a growth. So at least you can encounter whatever challenges you get or have been heated up. So yeah, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with the statement, but I don't know if it's this uh, percentage is an overall percentage, is it specific to industry? Because to be honest with you, I think there are some industries after COVID had to speed up maybe three to 50%. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So coming to, coming to this point now, and, and you mentioned a great, um, uh, like a point about personal development. Mm -hmm. uh, many organizations right now, we feel during COVID, uh, obviously they have a lot of uh, cost cutting and budget restriction and so on. Now, people, if they are willing to go ahead and, and develop them, themselves personally and the organization are not helping them to do, so how can they define what kind of training they need or at least from their personal point of view, what are the training that they think it's good to grow within the nature of the job that they are, they are working with, not the current one? Yeah, I, I personally would say people need to separate development, training, skills, whatever you want to call it into two categories. Like if you're, you're self, creating a self-diagnostic in terms of development, and one of the things you do just because you enjoy it and others would be things that you do because other people might value it. In an ideal world, these two things line up perfectly, right? Is, you know, if ever, each of us chooses what we do based on what we like the most. 
But a, a lot of people forget that element is that if you're expecting other people to compensate you for what you're providing, they need to value it. So the idea of investing in ourselves isn't just simply what we like to do or even what we think we need to know is, is there a marketable application of it? And again, I'm not saying that you have to, you know, be one side or the other or always one way. And some people will invest in things that they think are good for job prospects or other reasons, yet they are totally dispassionate about, and it's not something that they can sustain themselves. They're not motivated to get up to go to work or excited about what they're doing. So I think the starting point to your question, and it relates to this idea of even work-life balance, you know, is anything that, that is, 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 is in stasis is sort of dying. There has to be a give and take constantly, whether that's learning, whether that's growing. Um, you know, one of the challenges of sending people off the planet Earth is, is being outside the gravitational pull because our bodies, you know, sustain our existence individually because we're always resisting gravity. You take away that gravity, our bodies struggle to sort of maintain itself. We're not designed to be without that. So it replies to so many different things. And I, I, I guess what I would start with is, is making sure that when you're investing in yourself that you really understand the difference. Are you doing this for something purely for yourself and personal enjoyment, which is great. You know, it, it's, it, it could be something, it could be exercise, it could be reading, it could be meditation, whatever it is. But if you're very specifically doing something to improve your economic or job prospects, that's a different strategy altogether. No, uh, it's, it's an amazing point because you're, you also reminded me about something with a lot of people are, are confused about or trying to mix up stuff. And every, yeah. every job, there is a technical experience or technical knowledge. Mm -hmm. There is the technical, uh, uh, sorry, technical skills, and there is the, the skills needed to perform the job, and there is the behavioral uh, element. Now, mm -hmm. you need to differentiate what are exactly the skills. So when we say the skills, it could be sometimes the soft skills that you need, or it could be the technical skills that you need, or sometimes maybe you need to improve your behavior somehow. If you're an impatient, you have to be patient. Uh, if you are, if you're, for example, if uh, your your behavioral aspects thinking elements are so low you need to improve it so i think there are three main things that people need to differentiate is the technical mm -hmm. behavior mm -hmm. skills and competencies based on that then you do you have to do the evaluation and 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 what you said is totally agreeable for that yeah i even look back on my own if i had my own development and sometimes i've come to realize that my curiosity has had me learn things strictly through curiosity, but at a later date, it had a marketable or job value. And at the time, I wasn't necessarily doing that. Um, so again, it's not also to say that uh, we always understand what motivates us, but I think the principle that I would certainly support is, is um, you know, the, the learning curve. The learning curve is the earning curve, and Pursue your passions, pursue your curiosities, because it is the, the behavior of having the curiosity that is key to sustainability. 
if you ever start to lose that curiosity and you just sort of go through the motions and, you know, we're HR people, we've seen this. We've seen people who are, I, you know, I, I think back to my second HR job, Fahad, I was, I remember, you know, I'm in my late 20s and uh, someone I'm working with, you know, an old person, probably in their 50s, you know, early 50s. And they said to me at some point, you know, I, I'm just waiting for retirement. And, you know, I tried to hold my body language in as, what are you waiting for? Like, is, do you have, you know, a several lives that you're going to live? You know, are you going to, you know, just killing time? What a terrible expression, right? Like, oh, I'm just killing time, you know? And, and so coming back to this idea of skills and personal development, you know, I, I think you and I, we share a common passion that, that people should be not just investing to grow, but also grow to the things that they're passionate about. And sometimes that can get criticism because it moves away from sort of a market application. I would say, you know, not necessarily, as long as you maintain that passion part of it, you're going to keep moving forward. And that's part of it. And sometimes you may make mistakes, you may go in directions. How many, I don't know about you, Todd, but how many times you meet people who sort of started off on one career path and now they're doing something completely different. And, you know, I think this kind of relates, again, to bring up uh, a mutual friend of ours, Professor Klaus's idea of, you know, zigzag HR, is that, you know, academics will often talk in a very linear sort of mechanical how way, but the reality of life is very quirky. It has certain randomness and, and other things. So the, the skill of being curious, being motivated, um, uh, continuously growing, those are like the competencies, if you will, at the foundation of, of people who are valuable to organizations. And increasingly, you see better organizations look for that rather than focusing on where did you go to skill or where did you go to school? What specific skills do you have? And this comes full circle to our, our start of this discussion is, you know, these skills, you think of the software skills and the tools that you and I used three years ago, five years ago. Some of them we don't do anymore because the technology changes or the human factors or the interfaces have changed. So I think that's where this original article comes from is that, you know, we're using certain software platforms right now and certain hardware platforms. And you can almost be guaranteed in two to three years that something about the interfaces will change, something about the uh, software and hardware will change. But that skill, that competency of of continuous learning and curiosity and passion, that shouldn't change. Exactly. I 100% agree with that. And hopefully everyone who's listening, they should be super passionate about what they do or uh, try to discover what is their passionate and always learn and, and developing yourself. Because, I mean, success is a journey at the end of the day. You know, uh, training, yeah. it's, it's not about just providing the training. It's not like on and off thing that you train people they will just thrive within their job. No, it's basically a journey where we'll have a beginning skills and so on. So 100% agree with what you do. So what do you compare about what the people are learning? What is the value people are getting out of personalized skills uh, comparing to the university outcomes, which takes usually four years? Now, uh, let me know your thoughts because I do have a good <laughs> backlash on, on this point from my point of view. But anyway, it's over to you. 
Well, we talked about this earlier is everyone's different. And I think that's the starting point. And the outcome of a learning experience could be very different based on the person. But I do believe this idea that you have to go to university and you have to get a university degree, which is sort of benchmarked on a bachelor of usually four years, that slowly the market is changing on that. And this is where I think the article, again, is really focused on you know the skills. Someone can go through four years of university and have very few job value, job ready, job applicable skills. But some people would say, well, do you go to university to learn for a job or do you go to learn how to learn? Again, it's going to depend on the person because if the person never learns how to get a job, well, great for learning how to learn. But, you know, if, if your family, if the government subsidized your education, maybe they might want to ask for some reimbursement on that. So uh, it's hard to generalize, but I do believe if you're asking me what I see as the ultimate challenge in this university is the, the professors, the people who teach, you know, the onus on them to be more relevant really grows. And I can't tell you how many courses I think back to that I, I've taken in my lifetime in the academic environment where I said, you know, uh, not to be cheeky, but, you know, I wish I had that time back, you know, but to be fair, sometimes I took courses that I really didn't expect to get much benefit from. And I'm so glad that I did. So there's a real delicate balance in terms of sort of the arrogance of thinking you know what you need to know, and then just randomly discovering things that all of a sudden push buttons in your passion. And I think that's independent of the skills that you might learn in a university environment, and that's a good thing. Um, but a lot of people just go to the school for, you know, to kill time and get that piece of paper so that they can check a box and say, yes, I have this outcome. Yeah. And, and as a disclaimer, guys, whoever is listening or watching, uh, we are not encouraging you not to go to university. No, it's nothing. nothing <laughs> but but the whole point yeah. is, is you need to see uh, how this degree or how this paper is adding value to you. Now, I'm going to share my experience with that. I got my degree only last year, which is on 4th of December, 2019. And why did I got it? Imagine after retiring almost from, from a corporate environment, almost after 19 years of working, I decided to take it not because I, I love the whole thing. I have to take it because I have to get into consultation contracts with the government, with semi-government. And unfortunately, sometimes they, they part of the requirement is the individual has to be in a high level standard of uh, professional or, or academic uh, standards. And, and not sometimes not because of them, because they are also being audited by ISO for, I think, I don't know what ISO, but related to training and development category. So, th so they have to implement a couple of standards which we have to follow and so on. So for me, instead of losing hundreds of thousands of dollars or maybe, maybe a millions in the next 10 years, just because a piece of paper. So I consider it as an investment. So I'm using the right now the degree as just a piece of paper. But obviously in some industries like medicine, like uh, for example, engineering, like uh, I could say um, uh, space, whatever, all these, are, there are some, some specific categories you have to study because then it's been regulated by one unified international uh, committee or association across the world like aviation for example the same thing yeah so yeah but but even if you graduated trust me what you graduate 
till the time that you graduate, maybe right, the information that you got in the, in the past four years, it might be too old somehow. And, and then you have to always develop yourself. That's why you see uh, in the aviation industry, they do every six months to a year, some kind of examination or something. To, to ensure that yeah. it's within that. Uh, medicine, I don't know, but I know IT. They have the A-plus certification. They have, I don't know, the network. Uh, every two, three years, they do have to renew their their certification somehow. So, yeah, and, and I think if universities were smart enough, they could somehow implement, I, I don't know, universities, they do have the resources. They do have the resources in terms of finan financial aspects, uh, people, uh, expertise, connection, to have similar to mini courses or a degree with, with changeable courses. But I don't know what's going on. They stick with their stick with stuff or curriculums that are, I could assume, maybe 20, 30 years old. I don't know what's going on with them. Well, you know, it's, and, uh, you know, I mean, you look at some of the tech companies in Silicon Valley that focus on learning and education, and uh, they're taking a different path. And this is, they really focus on the skills and the competencies in terms of um, rather than showing that you have a credential that shows that you attended a class, demonstrate in some simulation or some type of environment that you actually have acquired those skills. And I think there's going to be, you know, a, a, a recalibration of this ratio because there's something to be said, you know, for the credential, if you will, you know, the value of the credential. If nothing else, going through university experience, showing persistence, showing the ability to start something and finish demonstrates a certain work ethic. The question is, is that the work ethic that an organization or a job needs? You know, because it may be totally unrelated to the specifics of the job. So I know from my own experience in terms of recruiting, when people have all these sort of heuristics and rules of thumbs and, and sort of strategies for hiring the right candidates, they'll say, oh, if someone has, you know, grammar or spelling errors in their, their CV or resume, I exclude them. And I'm like, why? Are you hiring them to be a proofreader? You're hiring them for being a proofreader. That's, that's really good. That makes sense. But if you're hiring someone for, say, a more physical job, um, so, what's that got to do with it? And, and so uh, the more professional recruiters and HR people, I would hope, you know, in terms of what kind of skills that they're developing, what kind of competencies, is this idea of really focusing on the relevance of a person's ability to do a job based on where the job is now. And increasingly, and I think this comes back to the Gardner article, increasingly, what are the skills and mindset that you're going to need to do the job tomorrow? Um, because I think it is fair to say, you know, someone who's worked in HR for a while, if you look at the job description, one of the classic tools of HR and recruiting, and you ask people if those job description are relevant, most people would say no. They, they'd look at it and say, what do you use it for? Or maybe on a few occasions where I'm recruiting or I need to you know, reference it. But if you're creating documents and tools that no one use, then that has absolutely no value. And part of the reason today those tools seem to have less and less value is because one, the nature of the work is changing and it's not being documented that way in the job description. So if you're 
if you're using a job description that focuses on a specific skill and that skill changes, then the job description itself becomes less relevant. But hopefully we're all moving toward this mindset, and that's a really important word, mindset, of thinking about competencies, you know, uh, whatever the competency is, is, you know, are you, are you competent in leading other people? Are you competent in being a motivator? Are you competent in technical skills, mathematics, whatever? Um, because the competency refers to your ability to adjust to a future need, whereas often the skill itself, like you say, the keyword how, I may do the how today, you may give me a software program today, but if I haven't learned how to learn how to use a new software program, I get stuck in the old world and you know, I, I'm not as valuable in the marketplace as I should be. And so, yeah. Now, which is, uh, that's bring me to, to my, I think you mentioned my next question is how people will do what is their their needed skills for the future as individuals or even as a business or as an organization? Yeah, you know, and what I love of this, about this question, Todd, is that I, I think if anyone's looking to the organizations to help you with answer this question, you're wasting your time. You individually have to answer these questions because Organizations are just collections of people, but there's so many other things that go on in organizations. There's office politics, there's, you know, uh, people focusing, you know, on things outside of work, and some people focus too much on work, and there's so many things that are done in a work environment that are not aligned with work that anyone who assumes that or defers to the organization to say, tell me what you need me to know, tell me what you need me to do, it's, it's a waste of time. You need to be the driver in that. And you need to look and say in the organization, is this a place I want to be for the foreseeable future? Because no organization should be making the promise that there's a job for life. You know, it used to be the mindset 20, 30 years ago that you know, an organization will, if you give, they will give. But you as an individual ought to be more of the driver in this and start looking at and, and saying, if, if I want to move in a certain direction, what are the things I need to do to achieve that outcome? You do it personally. Do not wait for an organization or an HR team or department to help you with that. So it has to be self-initiated. Absolutely. It, it's, and it, it's, it's, it's also, you know, organizations aren't that intelligent decision makers are often not that not that wise to know where things are going and one of the things i see in terms of leaderships you know at the sea level of organizations is so many organizations are led by people who actually don't know where they're going you know in terms of the organization they're just simply managing the organization they're not leading the organization and especially younger people earlier on in their career they look up to people with senior roles and make the assumption that you know because you're the boss you're the ceo that you're a leader no sometimes you're just a manager and they're not necessarily leading and if you decide to follow a manager Remember what a manager wants you to do is just achieve what they hired you to do. They don't want you to grow, you know, in the, in the cold sense. Managers have hired you for a specific role or activity or duty. And if you're saying, well, what do I need to go beyond that? A manager mindset says nothing. You're in and doing what I hired you to do. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And that brings me to my last question as we are almost uh, yeah. reaching our limits for, the, for the, uh, today's podcast. What do you would do if, if you were an individual's role or shoes? How, how are you going to manage it? How are you going to develop the, the, the necessary skills? How you will even find these skills to develop them? I would probably start by asking people I trust, you know, and it, I know it's a cliche word in the sense of a mentor, but um, usually the best advice you're going to get is from one, people you trust, people you respect, but also people who are perhaps in a role or position that you want to be in. And not everyone's going to be helpful necessarily. Some of them may in fact be very cold to you, but that is kind of like going to, you know, real world university on, on steroids, you know, it's an accelerated way to get valuable information. And um, if someone's really intent on, on moving in a certain journey, and you said earlier, it's a journey, not a destination, find people that you, you admire, that you role model and um, um, get more information about their journey. And if you can get information directly from them and you have specific questions to them, even better. And you can't always promise that they're gonna benevolently help out, but I think that's really one of the best ways to um, get valuable, useful, relevant information. So we could say always ask, ask, ask and research. Yeah, yeah. And, and people love to talk about what they're experts in. It, it's it, sometimes people are a bit intimidated by the idea of talking to someone who's a hero or someone that they admire or, or or maybe they feel don't necessarily you know they're above them they don't have the time to spend but i think when people are in positions of power and influence and responsibility whenever they engage with someone who's very sincere about you know what it takes to achieve something um, it presses something in our human nature to to, to want to help. So um, that would be my 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 general uh, advice, and I would hope people would throughout their careers have examples of where that happened. And usually, when we find those people, those are the people we refer to as mentors, and we remember how they helped us. Totally agree with that, Brad. Thank you very much for your insights and thoughts. Uh, we I really enjoyed listening to you, and obviously learning a lot from you. And I'm sure the audience are uh, listening. So if anyone who is interested to throw any ideas, words, give us some feedbacks, you could listen to us in our mainstream, which is anchor.fm slash hrlearnin. And you could also visit our official website, which is www.hrlearnin.com. And also you could join the community with a starting package of free. Imagine that you start a package for free. You will get a exclusive contents, join our community, discussion, forum, blogs, whatever you want to do. We are here for you to develop you as much as possible we can. So thank you once again, Brad. And uh, hopefully looking to discuss or meet in the next episode. So ladies and gentlemen, if you are watching, don't forget to share, like, subscribe, and catching and watching and listening to you once again. Ciao. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.